0: We're back for season three, episode one. I'm excited to be back. It's been a while. It's been since 2021. We're back here in 2022. I can't believe it. I, I can't believe how far the show has come. I really thought that people would lose interest by, you know, season one or two, but no, we're still moving along. So we have a really interesting guest today. Everyone knows him, you know, Dominic Garcia. He's a regular on over the phone. So how you doing, Dom? I'm doing good. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, we're excited to have you, and we want to talk mostly about um, your uh, your new podcast, the Academic PolyMath. So go ahead.
1: My new podcast just released uh, the first day of 2022. I was uh, I've been really hyping it up. On the social medias and different things like that and it's it's been a new project it's been like a rework of the old podcast um formerly known as intellectual inceptions i despise that name because it's super long this one's not that much shorter but i feel like this captures the the name captures the essence of what my podcast is about versus the other one which was just long and honestly confusing half the time um so yeah, it's it's been a project I've been working on and uh, I'm definitely excited because we have a few episodes out now and, you know, a good future ahead of us, it seems with good support and uh, I'm thankful for all the people that check it out. So
0: one thing I want to talk about is what the heck is a polymath because like I didn't even know this until I talked to you a couple weeks ago. So go ahead.
1: To those of you that know me, to anyone who's known me in this recent period, that's probably the only thing I've ever talked about. Um, not the only thing, but one of the main things I've talked about with people because I'm an idea person. I always love ideas. And the polymath, discovering this concept was groundbreaking. It was revolutionary to me as a person because, and um, I intend to do a, a, an in depth sort of episode, two episodes on what a polymath is, the different uh, materials I've been reading on it. But to really sum it up, the the definition of a polymath is a person who does many things or is a a renaissance man that's another way to say it too um like da vinci da vinci is a polymath because he's not just a painter he's an engineer he's an architect um he's many different things and so that's what a polymath is is a person who does many things and the name academic polymath is really meant to mean um you know a person who's very expansive in the fields of academia but because of it's also polymath, not just in academia as well, but that's the primary focus is sort of in those two regions. So that's what a polymath is and why I named it.
0: So do you think as we go progress into the future, do you think being a polymath, just kind of a mentality in sorts, is that more of a necessity as the economy you know becomes, you need to adapt better to a future economy? If we are,
1: hold, if we are to hold the candle to AI, we have to be polymaths. Um, specialization is a dying breed in that you being a specialist, a robot is a perfect specialist. I mean, all the basic industrial jobs will be replaced in the next 50 years with robots, machines, even AI. And as that stuff progresses, being a polymath is ever more important because that's the only way you can create new ideas, right? Um, as I said in my episode on mastery, at the end, um, synthesize all forms of information, that is what we have to do and so being a polymath is ever more prevalent and the reality is we're all already polymaths because of our nature as humans um humans are the worst at specialization right most animals have their you know specializations while we have ideas which is far better than any you know specialist absolutely
0: so you're kind of paralleling specialization with instinct so do you think specialization is primitive no i don't think specialization
1: itself is not instinct our instincts drive us to be polymaths right our basic nature as humans is built in to be curious explorative types and you know we can see through all the different mythologies of the world even that um curiosity has always been a part of us right certain cultures despise our curiosity or say oh it's what the old saying curiosity killed the cat horrible saying by the way because i mean curiosity also built you know civilization as we know it um <laughs> but no um in specialization is not primitive right it is it is a more so um just a general thing that happens right like but most animals do specialize so like you know but it's not like specifically instinct maybe other animals have like specialization as an instinct but humans humans are different because of our you know creative capacity
0: yeah so i want to get back to your podcast i want to talk about so what, what was kind of the uh inspiring uh variables i kind of pushed you to make the podcast about paul you know polymathy is that what is that a word like um
1: polymathy that's the, yeah it is so because i've always been a curious person and i realized that my purpose as a person moving forward is has in some part to deal with sharing ideas with other people sharing complex and complicated ideas that people might not be exposed to on a daily basis and that's sort of why I've done it, why I've done this podcast, why I'm doing my podcast is because it is the perfect catalyst for that. Right. Mean, I've explained to some people that my podcast will be an extension of myself in the future and an extension of what I'm doing, how I can share it, how can I share my ideas with other people? Because it doesn't matter, you know, how much money we have or what, whatever, it matters about the wisdom we obtain. And so the greatest gift I can give to anyone is, you know, any wisdom that I have learned or created
0: That's, that's why I do the podcast. So, yeah. So going back to your previous podcast, intellectual inceptions, are there any similarities between the two?
1: Absolutely. I mean, intellectual inceptions was like the first sort of uh, run through of me just doing a podcast in general. Right. And it had a decent amount of success for, you know, being the type of podcast that it was uh, my first attempt, but it didn't have the good, it didn't have a good enough base to keep going um there were a lot of problems with it in the later sort of time that i ran it and um, you know with school and things like that it was hard to really keep up with running that podcast now that i know what i'm doing and i'm able to sort of uh make better quality episodes and you know to really have good ideas and to have good plans i can do this one much better and so i, I just i tore down the name i tore down the logo you know and i was like i'm going to come back but i'm going to come back new i'm going to come back more improved and better so yeah, I mean, really, it's like the precursor to this podcast. It came before it, it really set the stage. A lot of my knowledge in building this one came from running that one.
0: So, uh, for your new podcast, are you planning on running uh, definite seasons or how are you going to organize it?
1: So, no seasons. Um, I'm just going to run it as different episode like segments, you could say. Um, I don't know the best way to sort of say that. Um, essentially. Thursdays will be considered to its more theological, uh, theological based ideas. Um, Fridays, philosophical Fridays, right? So Fridays are built around you know philosoph more philosophical ideas, and then um, Saturdays is a bit of an oddball. It is my you know sort of new mini series that I was intending to release in my old podcast called Archetypal Analysis. Archetypal is the word for primal Greek word for primal meaning, you know, um, primal foundation or its primal base. And it's like a psychology thing. So like analyzing different characters, right? That's where the archetypal analysis is. Analyzing different characters from books, movies, and films. Um, That first episode will come out soon. So all of the new, like, I'll follow that schedule, you could say, every week. So every week, 6 p.m. on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays will be the release of the new episodes. And I'll go from there. Um, The guest episodes will be sort of random and sporadic when I feel like it. I definitely intend to put this on YouTube as well and do more video-based content. but yeah, and and as for the Saturday, as for archetypal archetypal analysis, I intend to do uh, the first episode on a man whose hands are not hands but uh, scissors. So look forward to that because that's a great movie. Um, oh, that's from a movie. What what what's the movie called? Um, I'll give you a hint. It's a man who has not hands but scissors as hands. So
0: okay. So uh, what hosting platform do you use for your podcast? Oh um I I now use Anchor,
1: actually. Um that's a new development because the other one I was paying for and the other one, I mean, wasn't I was really paying for it and I was like, okay, I need to change this up to be more sustainable. And I mean Anchor's actually a lot better. This is not an
0: advertisement at all, but that's I moved to Anchor. Actually it is an advertisement. This episode's sponsored by Anchor, so <laughs> I'm just messing with it. It actually is, but um, um, this episode is sponsored by Anchor. So this is actually not an advertisement. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Everybody uh, check out Anchor and support the show, please, because uh, over the phone uh, would benefit from this.
0: Yeah, actually, we got to take a break to listen to the ad for Anchor. <laughs> so um, when we get back, we're going to talk about Dom's interest in meditation and how we kind of grew to like it. So we're going to take a break, but we will be back very soon. Hello, everyone. We're back. I'm here with Dominic Garcia. Um, we're talking about all sorts of things. This is a crazy first episode to the start of season three. And um, we're getting into why Dom, you know, he likes, why does, why do you like meditation so much? So, uh, what is your um, call to that? Interesting that you ask that. Um, so,
1: I've always had sort of like a relative interest in uh, meditative practices. And Recently, I've looked at the Wim Hof method. Um, at first, I was like, I didn't know what to expect, right? And the Wim Hof method is based off of breathing exercises and cold weather exposure. Um, and that's honestly changed a lot of things. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not a super pro at it. So I'm, I'm very new, very new. Um, I just started about like the last week of December, really started getting into it. And it's changed a lot of different things. I mean, I'm a kind of person who's a busy mind naturally being a more creative person i can have a bunch of great ideas and and thoughts the problem is is i can have a bunch of ideas and thoughts you know overthinking anxiety all those things are sort of you know natural to my mind and so looking towards the meditative practices i've been able to deal with that right to calm the mind to become more focused more aware um i really love the cold now as well um my body's becoming more and more adapted to the cold. And I mean, I mean, standing out, you know, in the snow with just shorts on cold like that is becoming more the ideal. Um, and so, like, really, because I just, you know, I have a lot of uh, different problems with sort of dealing with the anxieties in a busy mind, really. Um, and that's why I've looked at sort of meditation. Right. Um, zen Zen. Di- the Zen discipline, as it's called, because Zen is not a philosophy nor religion, right? Zen Buddhism is, you know, other ways to describe it, different sort of Eastern thinking, um, really excel at meditation, really, really excel at that. And so that's why I've sort of looked at um, these things and starting to practice them more and more myself,
0: too. So, so uh, what is Zen? So
1: as I'm learning about the zen discipline the best way i can describe it to you is this is this experience right here so you go out into the cold your natural uh, sort of response is to start shivering if you have low clothes on not a lot of clothes on okay in the zen practice you learn not to resist the cold you instead surrender to the cold you don't get you know surrender and get frostbite or hypothermia you relax in the presence of the relentless cold right as Wim Hof says, the cold is merciless, but righteous in the sense that we can learn a lot of different things from the cold. Because hear me out, if you can be calm in the presence of a situation that is stressful, like the cold, then you can be calm in many other different situations. So it's real, like Zen is all about sort of being, it's all about having faith in the differences between believing in something, which is all about clinging on and having the will to cling on. And faith, which is all about letting go and surrender rendering to something right and so that's sort of you know the experience then experienced in a sense is being able to be you know really calm in the face of a truly dangerous and chaotic situation
0: so do you think meditation is something that anyone could uh adapt to and kind of get into
1: yeah um absolutely and i and i i've been encouraging more and more people to look into cold weather meditation and the wim hof method That is something that I really like believe in now as I experience it more. Um, I've sort of practiced it, you know, uh, I'm I'm starting to practice it more and more. And at first I was molly, like I didn't know what to expect. I was more skeptical than not because it's like, oh, if you can control your breathing, you can climb, like count Mount Kilimanjaro with your shorts on. That is impossible. Only to find out that it's absolutely not impossible and that it takes time and training. But I mean, the benefits of the cold, like, yeah, I would, I would definitely have to say that. Um, it's all, um, I, I totally forgot what you just said. <laughs> um, what was, what did you just say? My brain sort of, well,
0: like, and I can't tell this is all the tea that I drink. <laughs> well, let's move on. So, um, what, what kind of, uh, besides That's anxiety, right. uh, so what kind of factors led into you kind of moving into meditation and, uh, where you are today? Um, i would definitely have to say
1: that um besides all the anxiety and different things like that is seeing the amount of control people had over themselves and that there's something really cool about that uh archetypal or stereotypical however you want to word it um sage or person that has a lot of wisdom and can stay super calm and yet yet super powerful in the face of danger even though they're old right because we all have that idea of sort of the zen master who's you know, super old, super wise and appears to be weak at first, but can, you know, um, but is in fact very powerful. Right. And um, that's sort of that was like, I mean, a real like interest to me um, at a younger age is that you see in all those movies, how it's all displayed differently. And you see even in real life, those types of figures. And so that's a real motivating factor as well is that not just I can learn from those people, but that I can be like them myself one day, you know, through commitment and discipline.
0: So meditation is less about relaxing and more about calmness in the face of uncertainty. Um, no, I would actually say it's
1: both. Is that you're relaxed? It was so. Um, in fact, the character of Batman is inspired a lot by meditation in the comics. And there was this one line I heard, um, in the comics where, you know, Bruce was in this sort of rich party, right? And while the other people were in one room sort of, you know, having their fun and, you know, drinking champagne and chilling out or whatever, Bruce was lying in a room meditating in the next room over. And comparative to the other people, he was able to lie in the room um, calm and relaxed, but super alert, super aware. And so um, it's in a sense combining those two, being able to be relaxed in the face of danger, right, being able to relax in the face of chaos. That is sort of what real meditation can uh, can do right because that's sort of where it comes from that's sort of where it gets its power from right our natural response is to dig in is to sort of you know dig the trenches and get ready for the fight when my experience is is that when you calm yourself when you meditate you're able it's like a car that drives uh, think about a car that drives on snow okay it loses traction but one after i'm done meditating doing the wim hof method of breathing um, I feel like I, I'm super like relaxed, super like flowy, but I'm able to sort of, I have so much traction on my tires. So I'm able to like go fast in a sense, but I'm so calm. If that, like, that's not a parallel typically made because the natural inclination is to dig in, is to sort of grab onto the ground as hard as you can, right. To get in much, in much of that traction, that figurative traction, so.
0: It's very interesting. Uh, I guess you would call that a metaphor or whatever. I don't know whatever literary technique, <laughs> but um, but I think that's really yeah. uh, <laughs> well. Um, oh man, I'm losing track. Uh, so I, also, I want to shift. I want to shift gears because you've been hinting at um, a lot of things in the crypto in, a, in NFT space, like launching a new crypto coin. I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but. Um, you've been hinting at this for a little yeah. while and everybody wants to know what is up, where, where is uh, Dominic Garcia going in the NFT space? Okay.
1: Um, so yes, on New Year's Eve, I was definitely posting a lot on my social medias about um, my new metaverse and cryptocurrency. That is, that is true. Now I'm, am I actually going to launch a crypto curse and meta crypto curse? cryptocurrency and metaverse, my bad. And like, I saw this very eye-opening podcast and it talked a lot about the real nature of the metaverse of the cryptocurrencies of NFTs as well. And so in the serious of that light, I'm intending on making NFTs in the future. Um, That is sort of because I'm an artist myself and I never said I was a good artist. So, you know, no one get mad at me, but um, I definitely want to put some NFTs out there. I think that would be a good avenue for the uh, art world. And, you know, that would really help me to like fund my art practice because I enjoy making it and, um, you know, I see a lot of different potential with the NFTs. A lot of people see NFTs as just to make a quick buck. You know, me as an artist and me as a, someone who understands technology, it is definitely the future of a lot of different things because of the blockchain, because of all the different complexities. Um, so that is something I want to get into. Whether or not I'm going to make an actual metaverse, my own metaverse, that's a whole different story. If I get enough support for that, maybe I will, who knows? You know. But in all seriousness, probably not. Um, if I make my own coin, that could totally happen. Um, who knows? So uh, maybe, but probably not. <laughs> but maybe again, like if enough people go, w- when is the new? Uh, when is the new coin coming out? You know, I want to invest because people already ask me that throughout my days. Um, I'm you know mining my own business, and they go, "When are you make it your own coin, I want to invest." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I hope you hope you all realize that was a joke. I just wanted to like you know joke about it because it sounds totally absurd
0: <laughs> that I can make my own. Uh, currency, but it's not actually. <laughs> but um, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But um, we'll just have to wait and find out, right? But um, so how sure uh, are you? Very bullish on um the future of art in the in crypto space.
1: So, I remember seeing a few ideas from um some people online, and they they their opinions were this: is that NFTs, um, art, and NFTs are just super young, and so. That's why a lot of NFTs look horrible. (laughs) Like they look just disgusting because the art in them, you know, it's all about quantity over quality. And so like certain NFTs just look like trash. Okay, not going to name which ones because I don't want to get destroyed, but certain NFTs look like trash right now. And so from a person who's on the outside looking in, they might be like, NFTs are stupid. I don't believe that because real NFTs, quality NFTs, really do help out artists a lot, and they're really worth something. Because some NFTs you can buy them, and then you can use them to make put on clothes and different things like that. So there's real value there, right? Some NFTs, other NFTs, you buy it, you own the rights to it, but it's just on the public domain, and um, it just depends on which one you buy. But there's real promise in that too, because it's like I can make money off of selling my art while someone else is, you know, putting it on clothes. That's huge because that saves me a lot of time, and I can focus on, you know making the stuff that i'm good at and so i want to get my stake in the nft world not buying but making um because that's where i feel like if i have a future in that that's where it will be um and again i believe in the blockchain technology because after i learn more about it i'm like this is going to revolution this is already revolutionizing the world as we know it oh yeah because it you know gives a lot of power to the people and it takes it out of a centralized control um even for the artists too not just for the finance side of things because all the gatekeepers in the art world around the museums are gone. It's all digital now. Like that is huge. That is, that is the future. So I want
0: to support that future in a sense. So I believe in it. Yeah. I think a lot of people are bullish about, especially in our generation, the younger generation, they're very, very excited to see how this is going to go. And that I think that's the most interesting aspect of, um, of crypto and NFTs is it's decentralized. There's no figureheads like this. And, um, That are that are organizing it and going. It's uh, it's all by the people for the people. Very democratic, right? (laughs) But um, uh, so I want to thank you for coming on over the phone again. And um, everybody needs to get out. They need to listen to Academic Polymath on Spotify, Anchor, wherever. Where's the other places it's posted at?
1: For now, it's just Spotify, Anchor, and also YouTube. My YouTube channel is uh, Garcia the Gray right now. You can find that on. Oh, if you, you want me to share the, you know, the social medias and stuff? Yeah, sure. I don't want to like, do that. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. Yeah. You can find all my stuff at com. All I A T right? H G R A G-A-R-C-I-A-T-H-E-G-R-A-Y.com. Um, that is where I have my link tree to all my different social media stuff. That is where I have the podcast stuff, like you know, links to that posted. And I also have a book list there to check out if you want to know where I'm getting all my ideas from in terms of reading i update that every so often and so uh, yeah you can also find me at garcia the gray on instagram or academic polymath on instagram um and yeah that's that's on my like social media and stuff
0: all right well i want, I want to thank you again for doing i mean this is our season our first episode of season three exciting stuff i'm excited to see where this season's going to go i think there's going to be and your uh your show where it's going to go i think that's going to be very interesting. So I want to thank everyone for listening to this uh, today. And I'm going to put links in the below for all of uh, Garcia the Gray's stuff. So podcasts and all. So I'll talk to everyone later.